Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And I am super excited to have two of my besties on this one. We are, uh, we're bringing real live sales reps into our Ales with Aslan podcast. People that live on the front line and are living the dream. Right, boys? We've got John and Jermaine That's from right. Aslan Training and Development. Welcome, guys. Dream. Thanks for having us, Scott. Happy to have you guys. And today's theme, I think, is, you know, something happened back in March. And I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but something happened. And it sort of changed how customers are acting. It's kind of changed how we're selling. And I'd like to hear from the front line what that all feels like, looks like, and, so, you know, how we've adapted and overcome that. But first, because the show is called Ales with Aslan, I'd like to start with an ale. And Jermaine, I think you've got something I've had before, and it's really, really good. What are you, what are you drinking today? Well, I'm going simple. You know, it's still one of those good times. I went with Canada Dry Bowl ginger ale. A little bit different for ales with Aslan, but hey, it was available, and it's working for me today. It, it is an ale. But the ABV, Technically. the ABV is zero. <laughs> Goose egg. But that's awesome. I'm I'm so I'm so happy to have a ginger ale. We may have had one other person drink a ginger ale on the show, so you may not be the first. Uh, I'm I think John is is uh, is still picking his out of that wonderful beer fridge. I'm imbibing on Fat Tire. Fat Tire is from oh, yeah. New Belgian Brewing. Yeah. Uh, this is not a plug. Uh, it's, there's no real significance. Uh, it's not from where I live. It's from Colorado, but it's an amber ale with an ABV of what? 5.2. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm drinking that in, in honor of the, uh, the spare tire that I have grown, uh, in COVID time. So That's I thought anything tire related would be, would be apropos. So here we are. I love that for you. All right. Excellent. Well, I am going with an old favorite beer of this time of year, which is the Sam Adams Cold Snap White Ale with an ABV of, what, 5.3. And something that, boys, we've been talking about more and more on the show is IBUs. That's the International Bitterness Unit. This one has a nice low 10. Um, yeah. You get up toward 100, and it gets, it gets rough to do. Um, <laughs> That's it. For me, for me. Yeah, I've now, got so a, like uh, I've got about a 22. Yeah, 22. You I'm, get too hoppy. Yeah, not for me. Yeah, yeah. It's not for me. But we, you know, I got in a little dialogue with someone on LinkedIn recently. They like it in that 25 range. They don't love it when you get up to 100. Um, this one's mm -hmm. a 10, and the calories on this bad boy 187. So that spare Whoa. tire you're talking about. I'm <laughs> That's trying, right. I'm That's right. Going. Yeah. 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 It'll get you there fast. There you go. Exactly. All right. Well, let's get started. Um. So so you know just. Very informal. Just tell me, like, you know, wh what do you remember if we think back nine months? You know, life was swimming along. We were all on target. We had these aggressive goals. And then all of a sudden, customers, like, stopped returning phone calls. What? What happened? Something changed. It, was it the ACC tournament? So I'm in North Carolina. It was probably the ACC tournament. That stopped. That used to stop, uh, like, uh, elementary school. We were bringing the TVs at a... At a at a place of education and yeah. watch basketball during the school day. Uh, you know, North Carolina, I think, is probably one, uh, among the last, maybe the bottom 10 of the 50 states in education. So maybe that says something. But we also <laughs> like basketball. So that's what I remember, Marge. You think it's something else? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're talking about a pandemic? 
You're yeah. talking about when the last meeting I was, what was I? I was, it was not New York. It was Kansas City. That was the last flight I was on with some of our colleagues. And, and we were talking about a, a client contact who had just canceled her trip overseas because people said, hey, I think this is really picking up steam. We're like, really? Really? And, uh, and now here we are. I've been in my basement for the last nine months, and my hair has not been cut since then. So that's where you know, we are. Just because you're doing that on screen, I may have to make this the first visual podcast because you are really shaking it loose. I second that. I, mean, I second that, Scott. It's out there. I don't. Somebody other than us needs to see this. I'm just we, saying. Yeah, John and I both, for, you, for those of you that don't see us, uh, we both have uh, COVID haircuts, which means we haven't had haircuts probably in <laughs> That's right. That's so, right. Yeah, so, John, I, I do remember, like, I remember the deal you were working on. I remember that, 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 that flight home that you were talking about. Uh, and, and life has changed dramatically. Let's talk, Jermaine, a little bit about what's changed. Like, what, what are some of the things you've noticed are different for clients. We've written some blogs on this. We've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but how did their lives change? What do you think uh, in terms of dealing with sales reps is different for them? Well, to start, I think the biggest thing was fear, was the underlying part of everything else. So people are responding and they're not going through the normal process. So either they're delaying stuff that they were ready to do, like the case I was working with one of the largest or setting up meetings and excited to work with one of the largest cruise companies. And <laughs> you do the math on what happened to that, but people even delayed for fear of layoffs or they just fast forwarded because they were in a situation where they needed urgency. So those normal get to know you conversational dialogue started to fall away and it became very systematic and strategic and people wanted more information and that rapport part of a lot of conversations started to fall off and you started to look for ways to bring the rapport back so you connect with two people having a conversation instead of just do you have the information i need yes or no next person so that that piece was probably one of the biggest changes and shifts that i i picked up through the process would you second that, JC? Yeah, for sure. For sure, fear, and, and I would, I might even be, uh, what, I don't want to say more specific, but bring out to how that fear manifests itself in, in terms of the conversations people were having stopped being uh, around value creation that will be realized quarters in the future. And it was more about, we have to stop the bleeding right now. So yeah. the, the outlook uh, with which organizations were, were buying and the problems they were solving were, you know, you move from some organizations saying, hey, this is the trend line of our culture. This is where we want to be next year, two years. Move to, hey, a lot of people's pipelines just imploded depending on the mm -hmm. industry. And it was, if there was anything they were going to buy or evaluate, it was around something they needed yesterday. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that shifted a lot, right? Not, you know, and, and particularly in our business where we're in the, you know, we're in the business of making sure people's behavior can change, uh, what dramatically, but, but sometimes it's over a long period of time where the short-term changes are incremental that, you know, you look up after a quarter and say, Oh, wow, look at, 
look at how much greater our wallet share in these accounts have been or our market share in general. And that conversation to say, hey, you'll get that ROI in a quarter was not sufficient. It was everything's broken and I need to fix all this stuff that I just lost now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I want to stay on the on the customer side, but then I want to get into sort of how life has changed in the way we sell because I think I think our yeah. listeners probably care about that as, as well. But but Jermaine, you know, definitely different clients um, were affected in different ways by the pandemic. I mean, you mm-hmm. mentioned the entertainment and the and the hospitality, the cruise industry, all those. I mean, dead stop, right? Other industries, oh, yeah. however. Um, I, I sense have like picked up speed. I mean, you think about our business, we took a strategic right turn and went from 100%, well, 90% classroom face-to-face to 100% online, virtual, mm-hmm. digital, you know, presentations. Have you noticed some of your clients where actually the, the pandemic has, has caused them to go faster, have, have, make more investment because their business is actually improving? Yeah, if you look at paper, people are in packaging, all of that, that whole world, they're leaning in. They're like, what can we do? Because we know some of this is, is not a natural growth. I don't want to call it a tumor, but it's not a natural growth that they've experienced in 2020. And right. they got to find a way to supplement that because they're blowing out their numbers, but it's not because they're better. Yeah. It's just because they're in, a, they're in need. So it's like now that we know that we're in need and we're getting our foot in all of these different doors, what do we do to sustain this after this is over? And those are the people who have the budget to lean in and say, hey, can I get some more training? Or what can I do a little bit differently than I'm doing right now so that this doesn't become a blip on the radar, but this becomes a permanent shift? And the companies like that, those are the ones that are fun to talk to, but they still have a sense of urgency that wasn't there before. And that's yeah. where I'm realizing it. And I think that overlaps in some ways with pharma too. So if you look in the healthcare industry, some of them have picked up and said, hey, there's more of a need, but we need results faster. And we need to see something happen really, really fast. So yeah. those are two examples that jump out to me that's on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, as the, as the guy that sort of does the marketing over here, um, I have noticed a lot in healthcare, certainly um, have seen in the high tech um, and high-tech distribution, I think anything with distribution, I mean, anything Amazon gets their hands on, companies like that, anybody that's shipping stuff, that's, that seems to be where a lot of the sales reps are, are extra busy. Um, so that, that's, that's, that's a pretty good list. John, I know you've dealt with pharma. Any other industries that you've seen that have been particularly uh, stronger because of, uh, of, of the pandemic, or maybe they were just more, uh, what's the right, flexible to move into this new world? Yeah, so uh, mortgages come to mind. Uh, mortgage industry, we had some mortgage clients, they've just blown up. And, and I'd love to take credit for it, but I, but I can't, right? That's just the, the, the volume of transactions has just been tremendous because oddly enough, the way, you know, the economy, the economy has been in, in pain, but, but it seems to have uh, kind of insulated a group of what I might say is kind of affluent home buyers. And so mm-hmm. that, the, that buying spree has happened, I think fueled a lot by people leaving, you know, leaving big cities and moving to the suburbs, right. So that they had a little more space to, to hunker down. And then the, you know, the, the economic stimulus, or I'm sorry, the, the, the kind of financial uh, what monetary policy of keeping interest rates low or cutting interest rates drove a lot of refinance. So mortgage industry was just 
gobbling up that transaction as are the tangential industries around that, like mortgage insurance. And yeah. so uh, we've seen a lot of that strength. Another, another area is, um, you know, telecommunications, right? Connect. We're, we're talking right now on zoom. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at their stock price, they, they win. Right. Uh, but there's some other companies I won't name their names, but, um, but they, they deal with, uh, you know, kind of, uh, telecommunication pathway efficiency, sometimes like 911 dialers and, and how to, how to drive kind of a, uh, like connectivity from like a, you know, calling your, uh, you know, calling a service through a link on their website. Yeah. Uh, and companies like that have been absolutely crushing it. Now they don't want to, they don't want to go shout from the rooftops. Hey, sorry, the economy's going crazy and people are sick and we're just making money hand over fist. Uh, which is why I don't want to say their name, but, but, you know, anything around connectivity, work from home, companies like log me in, uh, you know, uh, uh, what, um, go to meeting, uh, yep. any of that collaboration, uh, pieces just been, been wild. Yeah. And what, what do you just saw? Um, um, uh, Salesforce just bought, um, shoot, why am I breaking on the name? Um, Slack. They just bought I don't, Slack. Which I don't you, know. You think, you think we'd all prepare for a podcast? You think we'd have all these things? And we <laughs> right and we the didn't. tip of my tongue. Well, you, but, but we're drinking. So, I mean, it's, it's allowed to be a little slow. Plus, I'm getting old. <laughs> you know, Other a couple, companies have been doing well. I was going to say a couple yeah. others like transportation logistics. I've seen a lot of activity yeah. in that space. So if, you, if you're listening to this and you're calling on any of these industries, hopefully you're seeing some of the uptick. Another one's construction. I mean, you mentioned mortgages. Mm. People that are staying in their houses or refinancing and they're, and they're bumping out additions and putting in, you know, mm -hmm. pools because they think they're going to be stuck at home for the next, you know, maybe year or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that's, a, that's a really good list. And I think I just wanted to get that, that positive side out because I think we spend so much time talking about the negatives of COVID. Um, but there yeah. are industries that are, that are doing, doing better. Uh, you know, there is a part of COVID that's, that's chased us all into our homes. No one's really out in a face-to-face -face environment. I mean, we happen to grow up as a sales training company for inside sales. And so we kind of get this thing probably better than most and can help a lot with, with that transition of a field service, field salesperson into a, an inside salesperson. But there are lots of challenges that have hit sales reps um, mm -hmm. in, the, in, the new, in the new world. And, you know, if you mm -hmm. believe in, in the vaccine coming, you know, you still don't think we're going to be back to normal for another six months, maybe more. So talk to me a little bit, of, if you each could just share a little bit about the challenges you personally ran into in dealing with clients and finding clients and getting meetings and some of those things that we actually train on, but you've lived it. Like, how has that gone over the last nine months? Well, just to jump in, I had a, if I were to make or force rank a top three, I'd say the first would be the evaluator versus the decision maker. Yep. A lot of that has really been compressed and you can have a great conversation with an evaluator who gives you a ton of misinformation about the organization in the role yeah. and what's needed. And they get in front of the decision maker and you're armed with all this, you think, accurate information because it's exactly what you got from your evaluator. But it's totally different than what they need. And the reason is a lot of times those evaluators are coming from HR, coming from marketing, and they're just tapped on the shoulder and say, go fix this problem, as opposed to the decision maker who's actually in sales, who knows what, you know, when the rubber meets the road and when the foot hit the ground, what's happening, that disconnect is real. And it, it 
makes for some laughable, almost comical situations, but it doesn't make for a fun result if you're not ready to shift and adjust in those situations. Uh, the other two is matching the cadence of the customer. We, we talked about this uh, briefly, but there's some people that are trying to go really fast. There's some people that are almost stalled and said, we'll try again in 2021. So yeah. being able to understand that cadence where you don't get on their nerves and drive them crazy or you don't move too slow or they just say, we got to make a decision and they pick someone else. Being able to sense that and, and get to a place where they're comfortable ch- sharing with you the authentic, unadulterated truth, easier said than done, but very possible. And the last one is, I didn't even realize I was doing this until I started to slow down, but being able to blend a discovery meeting a little bit with a presentation teaser. And I didn't know that that was needed, but started to realize that if you don't give them something in those discovery meetings, they're having so many discovery meetings that they may never come back to you again. So being able to tease them a little bit with some information, those are my big three that I throw out. Well, and that one really ties well to the fact that they are going faster. Like there's no time for a sell cycle anymore. It's almost like, you know, yeah, ask me your questions, but then tell me what you got. And, and you, you've got 30 minutes for all of that. And you're like, what? How am I supposed to? That's not our process, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I've seen. I mean, what, what we do, I mean, you know, a lot of people have, have different perceptions of what sales training or manager training is. Uh, it could be anything from a very self-serve public domain, uh, you know, uh, digital learning, or it can be a much more involved kind of, uh, you know, intimately connected uh, consulting engagement. And so, you know, just the definition of what people are looking for and scoping out and then what then they need to know just is, uh, is something that historically we would have done in multiple meetings, yeah. a few over the phone, a few screen sharing, meet in person. And now the number of meetings is compressed and the time allocated to those meetings is compressed, right? So, so you know, people start building meetings out in, in usually 30 minute increments, rarely ever over an hour. And candidly, there's just, there's some nuances of how you drive a difference and differentiate between an organization that takes longer than that. And so, uh, you know, we've, we've seen that as a, as a bit of a challenge. Uh, the other piece is because there is not this barrier to entry to evaluate uh, solution providers in person, right? Like the, when are we going to get on the, on the airplane and when are we going to reserve a conference room? Your competitive landscape is a lot broader. Right. So maybe in the past you were dealing with you were up against one or two competitors. Now you can be, you know, you can be up against five or six because that decision maker is, is, you know, filtering through these conversations a lot more frequently. And so it it becomes, you know, you become part of the white noise. So the effort to differentiate uh, is, is much more important. And I'm seeing that, I'm seeing that on the client side as well, right? They're saying, gosh, we just keep, we lose deals. We don't even know why. We try to do a postmortem, and we can't even get that connected with the prospect to figure out what went wrong. They just went away. And it's funny. I've been on, I've been on both sides of those scenarios where there are some there are some conversations that seem like they're going really well. They've asked for references and ROI and all these things that usually telegraph kind of the we're just just crossing T's and dotting I's. And they've gone completely silent. 
And then conversely, I'm having conversations with, with uh, a couple companies. One comes to mind where there's a solution provider that thinks they've won. And the client is like, hey, this person is waiting for, for us to tell them when to start, but we're not sure, so we want to look again. And I'm like, oh, man, that's what that feels like to be on the other side. Yeah. So it's just there's not this – there's not this uh, again, it's the barrier to entry to vet out solutions, to bring all the decision makers to, to the same table. A lot of these conversations are getting recorded. I, I, we, we ended up um, forging a relationship with a, with a company and I talked to a person who was basically carrying water for the actual strategic decision maker. And when I, I would ask her questions, she would go back to that decision maker, come back with the answer. We asked more questions. And finally, I did a presentation to her over Zoom and she recorded it so he could watch it. And he said, yes, we should, we should work with Aslan. Like, this is bananas. It's yeah. all bananas. The overalls don't matter. Up is down. Cats and dogs living together. It's, it's, it's mass hysteria. We don't know. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> all right. As we, as, we, as we have just a couple minutes left, I'm going to give you each a second, uh, 30 seconds to think about your advice for our audience of sales reps and even sales leaders while I talk about one other observation I've had, uh, which is, it seems to me... Um, People are looking for if if they if your solution's large and involved and you're used to selling these big first deals, um, these these enormous first rollouts, that seems to have changed too. Where people are like just taking a bite of the apple now, maybe not getting yeah. all the way into a big solution right away. Uh, it's a very interesting um, phenomenon for us, but I am sure most of our listeners are going through this too. Unless you're selling, you know, um, uh, consumer products or something like that. They're not taking the, the whole apple all at once anymore. They're taking just a bite of it. And then mm -hmm. if you do well, you've got all the same upside you ever had. But it does seem like faster, simpler first deals, if, if, I'm, if I'm saying that properly, seems to be another trend that we're kind of noticing. And so, you know, if, yeah. if that's happening in your industry, it's, it's, you're, it's not unique to you. It's, it's not abnormal. It seems like people want to go fast, want to go simple because of that. I think, John, you said it early. I got this help me now thing. I, I just need help right yeah. now. And, and, I, and I've got to think of it that way. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because uh, there's a lot of, you know, Jermaine mentioned early on, like one of the big things is, that's changed is fear. One of, the, one of the other things that kind of, that, that, that I've seen is there's just been this mass confusion where people forgot their fundamentals. Yeah. And, and there's just like such this, this panic and this hysteria that they forget to do things that they were doing before, just doing them virtually, right? And so one of the things that comes to mind, Scott, as you, as you uh, kind of get into this, you know, winning small deals to then look at the upside, kind of the, what, we, what we call internally, you know, a license to hunt, right? Yeah. Is, is really connected to what we've been teaching forever, particularly as it, as it pertains to the advanced stage. Some people call it the closed. It's the idea that, that, it's, you're much more effective if you sell your process, not your product, right? Mm -hmm. Sell what we should do next as incremental steps to drive this continuum of interaction rather than just saying, hey, I'm here to just tell you what my thing is. Now, in, in COVID or virtual selling uh, where, where these decisions have become compressed, it might be enough just to 
get in the door with a kind of a land and expand, right? That's another term that I'm I'm sure our listeners are familiar with, but just here's the next step. We'll make it so easy for you to just get started with us and you can stop whenever you want. Some people call it a pilot program. Some people call it proof of concept, whatever that looks like that, that represents an opportunity to have a strategic approach to how to get in the door, even if you're not going to get the wholesale uh, relationship shift to your, uh, you know, to, to your solution. So I've seen that work well for our clients and candidly work for us as well. Well, and I think you said it best uh, in your little diatribe a few seconds ago about what's up is down and <laughs> cats and dogs living together. The, the, key, the key to success in 2020 and probably 2021 is your ability to adapt, right? And, mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I never like to lose sight of the fact that sales is a team sport. And, and this, this podcast is all about sales reps and sales managers working effectively together. And, and I think with two sets of eyeballs on this, you can be a lot more creative with how to adapt to an individual selling circumstance because it's going to take all the creativity in the world to figure some of this stuff out because it's, yeah. it's definitely different than it has been. And hopefully a podcast like this is helping you think through some of that and strategize. Now, I gave you a little warning. You have any advice that uh, you, can, you can give to our listeners as they, as they head into the holiday season and into the new year? I throw this out. I know we talk a lot about getting to the unfiltered truth, but we're usually thinking of it as us doing the discovery. Well, for a moment, take your hat off and this will probably help you and pretend you're that evaluator that came from HR or or came from marketing and you're not in the sales department and you're trying to figure out, can you get an organization that can help your sales department? Put that hat on and get to a place where you're comfortable giving them the unfiltered truth. Don't just tell them what your product does great or what your organization can do, but be comfortable saying what your product doesn't do, what is not going to solve. And that'll help them make a more informed decision. And you'll be surprised. A lot of them say, that's not what I needed anyway. What your does do is what I need. And that'll make you different from the other 16 people that they talk to in the same space. So take that hat off, help them get the unfiltered truth. And it may be the key to you winning some more deals. Excellent. Excellent. Johnny. Yeah. So I'm going to go back on the, uh, what on the messaging of what's old is new again. Don't forget your motive, right? Your motive is ultimately transparent and I don't care if you're in person over the phone, over screen sharing, the person you're talking to, if you're trying to settle in can sense whether you're having a conversation because of your commission or because of their win. And so as it goes through the evaluation process, or even if it, the conversation departs from how you were most comfortable selling, just track with them, reveal your motive. Part of doing that is changing your motive. So man, as we get to a time of the year where, you know, we've got some holidays, there's probably some time off. I'd encourage everybody to get their head straight, spend some time meditating, exercise where you can, drive some mindfulness, be with your family, you know, express gratitude, get yourself centered to be able to serve other people because we cannot pour from an empty cup. So make sure you're filled up so that you have something to give other people. And, uh, and, and again, that's, that's not COVID, that's not pandemic. That's just, let's not forget the things that we already knew and that have been true for thousands of years. I think that's a great point. It's a great point. I've just been, I've seen more and more of it on LinkedIn and in and, and social posting that, more people seem to be getting that. Maybe it's just because it's the people I follow and they follow me. And so we all kind of think that way, but 
being other centered, being putting other people's needs before your own. We're never more fulfilled than when we're serving others. And I think that's a great way to, to end the podcast. Uh, guys, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for joining the cast. We should do this more than once a millennium. Let's, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get on and celebrate in the new year with, uh, with some, some additional information. And those of you listening, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. We do this just out of the complete love of selling for a living. And we hope you love your job. We hope you love what you do for a living. And uh, we'll see you in another week on Ales with Aslan. Mm-hmm.